I lead listeners. I really am excited about this three-part series on self-leadership that I want to share with you. This three-part series on self-leadership is really going to move you forward in the understanding of who you are, because understanding who you are, being aware of who you are, your emotions and what is the personality of God has called you and the why of who you are, the values of who you are, all of those things I'm going to address uh, so that you might know and understand who you are, that you will better be able to lead yourself before you can lead others. The mistake that many make, the mistake that many make when they begin to think about leadership is how can I best tell somebody else what to do? (laughs) What is the best way that I can influence, inspire and get somebody to do something. Well, uh, that's not the beginning of leadership. The beginning of leadership is self-leadership. How do you lead yourself? So to that end, this three-part um, series on self-leadership uh, is being offered to you. And I really would want you to uh, take all three, listen to all three. And if you want to drill down, if you find that it adds value to your life, I would encourage you to then go to iLeadAcademy.net and take the full course load. It will really bless you and it will enable you and empower you and inform you as to how you can be the leader you believe God has called you to be and that you will be able to lead in any room because at the end of the day, you don't have a problem. Uh, You have a leadership issue. That's always the case. And when you take this and learn this, you will lead in any room. So let's begin with part one of this three-part series on self-leadership. I lead listeners, let's continue our discussion and teaching on self-leadership. Remember, this is the second of three um, podcasts on self-leadership. I want to remind you that you can get this entire course on self-leadership on my iLeadAcademy.net, where you can get the course, the quiz, the information, and a lot more that I'm giving you on the podcast. So I lead listeners, I just really want to uh, let you know that I just wanted to add value to you by um, sharing these three uh similar or I should say smaller courses uh, and the expansive course is on iLeadAcademy.net. This second portion, we just want to deal with values. We want to deal with values. You should have already listened to uh, the first part of self-leadership. Here's the second part, and then there will be a third following this. Our values act as a roadmap, giving us direction in our lives. Without clarity regarding what we believe, we are easily distracted and discouraged. You need a roadmap to drive to your destination. If we do not know where we are going, we will never be able to lead ourselves there. At the end of this lesson, I encourage you to take some time for reflection. Write down some of your core beliefs and your core values. I want to add that there is a values exercise that I do on iLeadAcademy.net. Now, in this introduction of self-leadership, we have discussed the importance of self-control and discipline 
as well as personal core values. While values and beliefs help us know where we are going and leading ourselves, self-control and discipline often serve as key vehicles in moving us toward that journey, keeping us on track, making sure that we do arrive when we say we want to arrive and get it done, what we want to get. it. They are the tracks, if you will. You got the railroad, you got the uh, train, but then you also have to have the tracks. So. Let's consider a couple examples. Perhaps one of your beliefs is that others are valuable and they should be loved and respected. It takes self-control to live that out. Responding to frustrating and disappointing behaviors in others uh, with kindness is a way in which you're saying that I so value a person and I value others and their, their thoughts and their beliefs that I won't snap, I won't go off. I will have forgiveness and gentleness rather than anger and criticism or gossip. Why? Because I value relationships and I value others. And that value then drives me. That's the tracks that I'm on in relationships. Why? Because I value people. If one of your core values is that no one should be homeless, there are different ways you could act on that value. It might mean saying no to a favorite activity. So you have time to go volunteer with a nonprofit organization that serves the homeless population in your city. It might require self-control to not to spend on something personal so that you can use those resources to give uh, to someone who is homeless or go to a homeless shelter and work there, buy food for there or get some uh, homeless uh, training, job training as to how can better you can be a better person in serving as a volunteer. Even when difficult, we can lead ourselves best when we believe in what we are doing and know why it is important to us. And the value is the driver, the core, the center, the anchor, the North Star that drives us. It's the compass, if you will. Here are some questions uh, for you to consider as you reflect on this topic. Reflect on this. What are the core beliefs and values that define why I want to grow in leading myself and serving others. What is that core value? Two, is there anything I need to change in my life today to better align my actions and decisions with my beliefs and core values? Three, what are two to three areas in my life where I want to practice better self-control? And how am I going to get it done? How am I going to get that done? Now, when you look at that, I want us to continue thinking in terms of um, how we control ourselves and values. And, and now let's press a little further in our emotional intelligence. I mentioned it earlier. Let's drill down deeper in that. Now, in this portion, I want to just talk a little even more uh, because we are looking at one of the key factors that determine your success and happiness and effectiveness in all walks of life, including family, relationships, finances, work, school, and ministry, period. The Center for Creative Leadership reported that 75% of careers are derailed for reasons related to emotional competencies, including inability to handle interpersonal problems, unsatisfactory team leadership during times of difficulty or conflict, 
or inability to adapt to change or elicit trust. Today, emotional competency is often referred to as emotional intelligence. The idea of emotional intelligence was made popular by Daniel Goldman with the 1995 publication of his international bestseller, Emotional Intelligence, Why It Can Matter More Than IQ. The book sparked a global movement to teach and increase emotional intelligence, or EQ as it is known in the business world and in schools and communities around the globe. Emotional intelligence as a psychological theory was first developed by Peter Salivar and John Mayer in 1990. They describe emotional intelligence as the ability to to perceive emotions, to understand emotions and emotional knowledge, and to reflectively regulate emotions so as to promote emotional and intellectual growth. In other words, I have control over my emotions. I recognize my emotions as well as I then uh, know how to grow from that. Now, since 1990s, a significant research has proven the importance of emotional intelligence. Bradbury and Greaves, in their book, Emotional Intelligence 2.0, report on their research that found 90% of high performers are also high EQ. They're high in EQ. You can be a high performer without EQ. But the chances are slim, they say. Very slim. So the link between EQ and earnings is so direct that every point increase in EQ adds $1,300 in annual salary, according to their research. These findings hold true for people in all industries at all levels in every region of the world. They indicate that they have yet to find an instance in which performance and pay are related to EQ. They have, they indicate they've yet to find where that wasn't the case. The authors of the book Handle with Care, the Emotional Intelligence Activity Book, says this, Emotional intelligence is a way of recognizing, understanding, and choosing how we think, feel, and act. It shapes our interactions with others and our understanding of ourselves. It defines how what we learn. It allows us to set priorities. It determines the majority of our daily activities and actions. Research suggests it is responsible for as much as 80% of success in our lives. Dave Lenick, executive vice president of American Express Financial Advisors, agrees. This is what he says. Listen, emotional competence is the single most important personal quality that each of us must develop and access to experience a breakthrough. Only through managing our emotions can we access our intellect and our technical competence. An emotionally competent person performs better under pressure. Now, researcher John Gottman adds that in the last decade or so, science has discovered a tremendous amount of roles 
that the emotions play in our lives. Researchers found that even more than IQ, our emotional intelligence, our emotional intelligence plays an even greater role in relationships and how we develop them and how we are developed. The good news is this. Emotional intelligence is something that can be learned. A critical part of self-leadership in our world today includes continually growing in our emotional intelligence. It's a learned behavior. It's not something you're always born with. It's something you learn how to grow into. So, uh, this concludes the second part of our self-leadership um, I Lead podcast. Uh, this is a shorter part. We will begin uh, and have our third part of this just three part of self-leadership podcast uh, that will enable you to better lead yourself so that you can lead others. I want to remind you that um, the entire course is found on iLeadAcademy.net. You can take the entire course. It's a lot more to it than what we're sharing here. We simply wanted to add value to you as you learn how to lead yourself so that you can lead others. Music.